Game two of the first round goes to the Pelicans. They defeat the the Phoenix Suns by a final score of 125 to 114. Completely dominate the Phoenix Suns in the second half, scoring 69 points to the Suns, 53. And Matthew, the series shifts to New Orleans, tied 1-1. And more importantly, Devin Booker could be hurt for quite some time. We're not sure. Yeah, the look on his face told a lot. Um, just him sitting there looking at the ground the whole game. I mean, he just knows it's probably bad. We we have a history with his hamstring issues. It hasn't been an issue really the past two years, but before when the sun sucked, he was always out weeks with his hamstrings. So, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was pretty bad, and then it got way, way worse. I don't think it could get any worse than that. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because it's a familiar fa- feeling, right? Like, Suns fans, we're not allowed to have nice things. That's right. Like last year, literally the first game of the playoffs, Chris Paul gets injured. This game, this year, the second game of the playoffs, Devin Booker scores 31 points in the first half is in fuego. Can't stop him. And then he pulls his hamstring on a play when he's chasing down Jackson Hayes on like three consecutive fast break uh, slam dunks for the guy. And he's out. And like you said, from a body language standpoint, doesn't look good because Devin Booker was just had his head down and he was frustrated. So, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people in the chat, you know, Voida, should we panic? Felix, can we panic? <laughs> I'm not at, I'm not at panic mode yet because the prognosis hasn't been laid out before us. Uh, this is a team that I feel like we can beat without Devin Booker, but still, yeah. uh, it, it, it's a story I'd, I'd rather not have to talk about, and it's a story that we're going to have to definitely keep our ears. And I do want to cry, runner-up. <laughs> yes, I almost cried a little bit. <laughs> cried tears of frustration. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me, man? I know. Are you kidding me? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> to the Sun's Jam Session Podcast. We appreciate you listening along watching along make sure you subscribe rate review if you're listening and hit the thumbs up button if you're watching along live on youtube you can follow the show the show at sun's jam on twitter you can follow me at darth voida you can follow matthew i'm matthew lissy there will be no chugging with the fellas tonight it's just gonna be me popping open a beer i'm gonna pop one up in two i need one yeah i need one after this game so pop them if you got them suns fans Oh, that was messy. Yeah, me too. Got all over the place. Let's talk about this game against the Pelican. Yes, the New Orleans Pelicans come to Phoenix, Arizona in Game 2 and defeat the home team by a final score of 125 to 114, which brings me, as always, to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, how how worried are you? You know, is this... Obviously, we have to wait, and while we're doing the podcast, I'm going to kind of be continually monitoring Twitter to see if any type of report comes out. So if you say something and I just go, "Uh uh-huh, it's because I'm not listening to you. I'm reading Twitter. I'm used to that, though, dude. (laughs) Yeah. But what what are you feeling right now? Tell me. You know, I, I think this is the hardest thing, though, right? Going live on a podcast after a loss like that, which I don't care about the loss. I really don't. It's the loss of Devin Booker. Because you lose this yeah. game, you're like, okay, they came out, they unhustled, out-hustled us, we'll respond, yada, yada, yada. But you're without an MVP candidate, an all-star, and a first-team All-NBA potential candidate. Uh, how you feeling? You know, at first, it's um, this loss. I, I just wanted an easy series. I wanted the Suns to have an easy mm-hmm. series. You know, we brought up the bigs and the rebounding issues. Um, just, you know, the history that they have with the Pelicans head coach, Willie Green, you know. So things like that entered my mind. But after this game and even the way Devin Booker played, I don't know if he could have really saved the Suns in this one. Um, just because all around it was kind of a pathetic, uh, you know, uh, kind of a pathetic <laughs> excuse for a game from everybody but maybe Mikhail Bridges. Um, because this it wasn't team ball this wasn't sun's ball mm-hmm. so that's really worrisome that's something where i'm i'm very scared about to see that in game three and of course in game three as it looked 
we won't have book probably, but I mean, who knows? He might be back. But if there is a series where he can sit, I would say the Suns might be okay. This might go a little bit longer, but the Suns, I feel like, can still pull it out against this Pelicans team, even if Book is out. And it sucks to say that because this is the last thing you want. You just want health. I mean, especially with the Warriors regaining strength right now, yes. we need everyone healthy on deck for the Western Conference Finals. Well, you know, this is kind of, again, it's a seven-game series. So and the fact that I have to say that the first round just frustrates the living <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> Okay, let me start there. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm with every jamster who is watching along live or or watching this later or listening to this later. I, I see your comments. I feel you. I can definitely empathize and understand with where you're coming from because I'm a fan too. And I think that one of the things that's maybe a little bit more unique about this podcast versus other podcasts is the fact that we are uh, maybe a little too <laughs> fan a little too fanny, right? Like we're, we're, we're too much. We're, we, we care too much about this team high and low. And we react going live yeah. right after a game with our feelings, but you, you hit the nail on the head, Matthew. I wanted an easy series, right? And one of the reasons, again, I like, I hate to keep harping on this, but I wanted the Clippers because this team, you saw it in the fourth quarter, right? This team has two, really good knockout punch kind of scores in Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. And they just kept hitting shot after shot. They were taking turns in the fourth. They have that youth that gets out and run. They have that youth that doesn't know better and just chucking up crazy, you know, Trey Murphy's throwing up crazy threes and, and banking them in, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, this team has a level of danger to it that in my opinion, I feel like, Coming into this series, you know, I said Suns in five. Obviously, with this Devin Booker uh, uh, injury, it's going to be exacerbated and maybe go a couple, you know, maybe game six, maybe even game, game seven. But at the same time, this team is, they're just troublesome. Whereas I feel like the Clippers were more of a, you know, yeah. they, they, have, they have those wings, they have Paul George, but who do they have outside of Paul George? There's no one consistently uh, who is, who scares me in that lineup. So, you know, again, it's, it's frustrating. It's something that, especially the way the night started, man. You know, I mean, you take a look at the way that the night started, and Big Dick Booker came out and was flexing all over the place. Big Dick Booker. So Booker has 31 points uh, in the first half. Goes absolutely nuclear, going 7 of 11, or 7 from 10 from beyond the arc. He was 12 of 19 in the game and just looked unbelievably stoppable. You're like, great. We're getting a Devin Booker performance. Like this is, this is what the playoffs do. They bring out the best version of Devin Booker and he competes so hard that he eventually go goes and, you know, hurts himself. Yeah. Well, shame on me. I mean, his first eight points were so quick in the game and then he went through a little drought and I was thinking, What's up with him? What's wrong with him? And little <laughs> did I know later in the game, he would be hurt and he'd be gone from the Suns. So I should have been okay with the way he was playing and where he was trying to figure out the defense. And he just got absolutely hot towards the end of the first quarter where he hit eight, eight more points straight, eight straight more points to end the first quarter. Had two buzzer beaters at the end of the first and the second quarter. Um, yeah. Just, I, I don't he think he hit really a two seen- for one. I've never, I think that's the second time he, I ever yes, remember him hitting I know, a two I know. three. He hit one tonight. I know, I know, man. And of course, I'm a little delayed over here. So I was looking at the, the box score. And before halftime, it said halftime, the Suns got three more points. I'm like, what? With three seconds left. Oh, the Booker hit a three. So just absolutely amazing in the first half. Third quarter, he was kind of missing. I'm like, what's going on? Obviously, he got hurt later on. But I'm like, you know, he, he wasn't really finding the rhythm and they got hurt. And now he's gone, but... I was thinking, dude, like even that one where Aiden, and this is probably Aiden's best play of the game, where he ran out to grab the offensive board and gave it back to Book, and then Book hits the three right there. I mean, that was just like, that was the way it was going, the little fist bump to the baby. I'm not going to blame the baby for any of this. That <laughs> no. baby is not cursed. I hope not. I don't know. I, I don't think that's the thing on Twitter yet, but I don't think that baby's cursed. I think after that fist bump, was that the last time? No, that was after the first quarter, so never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to blame a baby on the pod. <laughs> yeah, please, uh, don't, please don't. We've I don't had know. a rough hard, night as to, it is. It's hard to talk about book right now. It, it just is. I'm going to get emotional. Take over, John. 
Well, I'll tell you this. Aside from Devin Booker, the Suns shot six of 24 from beyond the arc, and they gave up 17 of 31. So part of this game, you have to understand, is an anomaly. This is entering this game. This is a team that shot 33% of the year from beyond the arc. They're 27th in the league in three-point shooting, and they just had their night. In they they had a night in which they just they couldn't miss from three. It felt like I mean obviously they yeah. shot what like fifty five percent. So you couple that with and again it's 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 understandable a team with this much talent, young talent, unconscious talent is going to have a night like tonight. You, you see it in every series, right? I mean you look at Minnesota playing Memphis in the first game they they did the same thing. They they took the first game from uh, the the Grizzlies because they were in Fuego and then they came back down to earth tonight. Again, the, the challenging yeah. thing with all of this is knowing that Devin Booker uh, potentially, we, we don't know when he's going to be back. And you take a look at kind of some of his injury history. And, th- and that's the, the frustrating thing on October 24th, 2018, he had a ha- hamstring injury on December 12th, 2018 hamstring injury on February 5th, 2019 hamstring uh, January 23rd, 2021 hamstring, February 2nd, 2021 hamstring, uh, the November 30th, 2021 hamstring. I mean, Devin Booker, as we've noted, has had multiple hamstring injuries in his career. And to your point, you know, he's missed time in the past because of this. And it's, it's not like it's one or two games, right? It's, it's generally, yeah, yeah. it's generally a somewhat, uh, prolonged period of time. If you take a uh, look, you know, and I think somebody mentioned on one of the broadcasts, I was bouncing back and forth between TNT and the Bally Sports Arizona feed, uh, just because what's like Reggie Miller starts talking a little too much, uh, it's just it becomes unbearable. But Devin Booker did have a hamstring injury earlier this season in which he didn't play, and it was his left hamstring. This is his right hamstring. But note for that one alone, he was out from December 2nd to December 16th. So that's two weeks exactly. Is, this is he a wide receiver? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's what it feels <laughs> I, like. I never seen so many hamstring injuries. And every time like the block he he tried to attempt where he was trying to stop Hayes on that on that dunk. Yeah. When he ran down the floor and he went past the basket, it always reminds me every time he does that. Yeah, I feel like he always pulls his hamstrings on those yep. plays. That's Every exactly time. how he did it last time. And I'm not saying I'm like, I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, that's why it happened. I just, I think about it every time he runs down the floor, every time he's jumping out of bounds, I always think about his hamstring. Um, but, I mean, he has to play at full. He's that way all season long. He's been going nuts all season long. It just happens to happen at the worst time, which, you know, maybe not the worst time. Um, I'm just trying to think of better ways to look at it because – Right now is the best time. You said two weeks. Two weeks is the next time the next series starts, and that could be yeah. against the Jazz. That could be against a Luka Doncic-less Dallas Mavericks team, but I don't want to look too far ahead because the Suns are 1-1 one one against the Pelicans right now. <laughs> so there's bigger fish yeah, to fry. Exactly. Exactly. And and part of the fish, if you will, uh, one of a frustrating thing for me to watch tonight is something that plenty of the jamsters who are watching along live hit that thumbs up button. We didn't lose tonight. We're still here for you. Uh, Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, But was the performance of Jay Crowder. It's Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, after posting a quadruple single in the last game, uh, you know, you and I talked about it plenty on the last pod, right? You know, Jay Crowder, I don't care if he goes over four, as long as Mm -hmm. he plays tough, uh, tough nose defense, Tonight, I mean, two for 11. That's just, that's way too much shooting. And his defense wasn't there tonight, right? Like, that's the difference is you were getting kind of the worst of Jay Crowder tonight. You were getting him not hitting anything. Uh, we had a, a rough start from the beginning of the game due to his efforts. He was, I mean, how many shots did he take in the first quarter? He had five shots. Yeah. He had five shots yeah. in the first quarter. So I was like, okay, he's trying to work himself out of the fact that he barely shot the ball in the last game. But his defense was suspect, too. I mean, Brandon Ingram, who ended the night with 37 points on 13 of 21 shooting uh, and and 11 total rebounds and was one assist away from a triple-double, was abusing Jay Crowder tonight. Yeah, my thing with Jay is he's just a big body. I think I said this last podcast where he's a a big body that can just really – he can man up against – 
Ingram. And the, Ingram shoots the most difficult shots in the league, all right? So his fadeaways, going out of bounds, that's his thing. Yeah. I just don't think there's a right way to cover that. I think he did the best. I know you just said he didn't play good defense, but I think Ingram just could not miss. I don't even – he probably went five for five to end the game, right? I just don't think anybody could really do much to really stop him at that time because everything you're throwing up, like CJ at the end of the game, was mm. going in. The only thing is, like, I feel like Jay, his threes weren't shouldn't have been his three-pointers. He should have probably passed them up because he was so cold last game. I know it's good to get him in a groove, but I felt like if he would have just done one more pass over, it would have been a better looking through for someone that's kind of been, you know, in the zone a little bit more, like a Mikhail Bridges or a Cameron Johnson. They shouldn't have been his threes tonight. I just think every time the Suns seemed like they were going to go on a run, Jay was there for a three, the crowd was about to go nuts, and he would miss it. The one he did make was a two, foot on the line. So I think that was dedicated to Devin Booker, who <laughs> yeah. was out injured. <laughs> he he must have did that for Book. Uh, but I think it's just it's tough because I know Jay's going to have a really good game, and if Booker doesn't come back, we're going to have to rely on him still. We're not going to sit him. I mean, Cameron Johnson's not going to start. It's going to be the same lineup without Book. And... There's just not much we can do with Jay until he gets a shot back. And he's going to hit some big shots coming down the line. So I'm not going to say too much about him because I think overall, besides Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson tonight, everyone else pretty much sucked. Yeah, well, Coach Fallen Founder says in the chat, he says, start Johnson next game, add some size, and he can go off. And I could definitely see that happening. He can start at the three. Mikhail Let's Bridges will start ears. at the two. You know, I mean, it'll add, I agree. It'll, it'll, it'll change some things up. The biggest challenge i think tonight was just the the transition defense was piss poor man i mean monty williams said it after the game said our guys have to understand that this team is going to play hard every possession and he pointed out that the poor transition defense uh he said it was the bat the worst he's seen during his time in phoenix you know and that, that that's not the time that you want that to notice those things is in you know game two of the playoffs because you look at the uh, fast break points it was 16 to 9 for the the pelicans and it's just Jackson Hayes found his value, right? I mean, we talked about it in the last pod. It's like they, they can play this guy off the court if they want to. But he is a fast breaker. He's got, he's long, and they're looking for him. And that little avocado guy, he's the same thing. He's super fast. And when they're going to get out and just try to run. And, you know, that's what Monty was saying. You know, they were interviewing him at the beginning of the fourth quarter on the TNT broadcast. And he was saying, like, first three steps. The first three steps are huge in transition defense. And, you know, whereas in the first game, we got crushed on the boards uh, in this one, of course, you know, we got we got crushed on the boards again uh, by 10, not, you know, 20 this time, a little bit better. And offensive rebounds was 11 to eight. But it was those fast break points that yeah. and those those that transition uh, offense and lack of defense from the Suns that is going to have to it's, it's going to have to be addressed going into game three. Yeah, they're definitely quick. The thing is with Hayes too. Like I know, I was talking about how he has his little his little spurts, and then he just kind of messes up. Like he had those yes. spurts of the dunks. He had two in a row, and then he had like the offensive foul where he was setting the screen. Like little things like that kind of deters him deters him away from the game to where he kind of gets, I think, in his own head a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's always nice when he messes up that way. They are a young team, and they'll commit some stupid fouls like that. But I think that even with Avocado, like the way he was shooting the ball when he's two for two from three. Yeah. I wasn't able to really watch anytime the Pelicans would shoot the ball. I just closed my eyes because either they're going to make it or they might get the board. And if yeah. the Suns get the board, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. And then someone might get injured. I was just frightened to death. Anytime they had the ball offensively, we couldn't stop them when those two guys are kind of going off and you know, everything's falling for Ingram and CJ. And I knew it was going to go in when they shot it, having those two guys, I feel the same. They had the same effect on the Suns, and I'm like, all right, I'm not watching these guys because honestly, like the way Hayes was playing, if the, if any of the Suns players had that ounce of energy in them tonight, then it probably would have been a different game. But Hayes just was, he was rocking and rolling, dude, in the second half. Yeah, the whole team was in the second half. I mean, they were getting what they wanted, and and like I said, you know, this team with the way that they play and and to have two superior scores. I mean, Ingram and CJ McCollum, I've watched pe plenty of Pelicans basketball this year. Cause I, it's a team that when they're not, we're not playing in the series. I enjoy that team. I really do. I think yeah. that, you know, I like CJ. I've always been a fan of Brandon Ingram. Uh, and I think that what they did down there, didn't really pan out. You know, obviously they only won what, like 36 games, but uh, it, it, you know, it panned out tonight and you're right. 
it's it's a fear factor when they shoot because you just don't know what's going to happen when it comes down to the rebound. Now, that being said, the Phoenix Suns actually had more shots than the, the Pelicans did. They, they had 86 shots to the Pelicans, 84. Uh, but is that it's the three-point line that lost it for us, if you will. You know, they they outscored us from beyond the arc by 12 points uh, and then win this game by 11. So that's kind of it. And again, it's just the second half. I mean, this team went for 34 points in the set in the third quarter and 35 points in the fourth. That defense that we we know and we love was absent in this game. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of little micro reasons why. Right. It's it's that transition defense. They're taking advantage. Essentially, what you do when you run a transition offense you're not allowing the opposition, the Suns in this case, the chance to go ahead and set their defense and take you out of your game. So they were focused on that, and they kept pressing the pace. I mean, we we know this. We're Suns fans. We're the seven seconds or less Suns era, okay? We know the advantage of having a fast-paced game. And guess what? Those seven seconds or less teams, they won a lot of games. But ultimately, defense wins out. So there's going to need to be some adjustments made by the Phoenix Suns going into game three. Uh, The big one of that is just have the ability to get back. And again, that's that double-edged sword, right? Because if you're trying to crash the offensive glass and you don't get it, they're sprinting back the other way every Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, offensively, though, I feel like anytime the Suns would miss a shot, they were were trying to get back right away. And it's the right thing to do, uh, as you just pointed out. And there was really no presence in the middle, right? I mean, we're going to talk about Aiden, but I mean, anything that the Pelicans want, especially Ingram early in the game, Ingram was very, very smart to get to the hole, yes. get to the rim. He wasn't selling for jump shots. He got into a groove later in the game because he was getting to the rim, getting everything, going to the free throw line. He was doing everything he needed to do, get to the team, basically have them stay with the Suns in the first second quarter. And then we were waiting for the adjustments. Like, okay, the Pelicans made their adjustments in the first half from last game. Are the Suns going to make their adjustments going into the second half? It looked like more of the same game. It wasn't any kind of adjustments at all. It was just kind of hoping the Pelicans would miss some shots. That's, I think well, that's what I feel, it was. I feel like you know the adjustments were there, but Devin Booker was going to be part of those adjustments, and he wasn't there to execute them. Oh, you know point. that that that's really kind of what killed us in this game. Is you know you take a look at what the Pelicans did in the first half. You're like, okay, we're going to try to button th- some things up. We see that they're getting out in transition, what have you, uh, and then Devin Booker gets hurt. Now, granted, he got hurt on a play in which he was running out in transition trying to stop Jackson Hayes, uh, but it, he wasn't there to help to, to, to stop the runs, you know, because they 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 would put they put like two or three eight zero runs on us, and we just couldn't we we couldn't respond tonight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take a look at that, and and it was interesting because I mean, into this game. Obviously, the number one thing was rebounding, 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 rebounding. The Suns are getting killed on the glass. And in, in the pregame, uh, Pelicans coach Willie Green said that he was going to stretch out Jonas Valanciunas out to the three-point line a little bit more in this game to pull Aiton away because Aiton was so effective in the first game at shot deterrence, which, you know, if we're talking about DeAndre Aiton. watch. So obviously, if you're pulling DeAndre Ayton away from the basket, you're trying to open up that shot deterrence, but it also should help with the the rebounding. And it worked. The shot deterrence was, you know, it, it wasn't Jonas Valanciunas with the ball a bunch, but he was pulling Ayton out just enough to where, as you mentioned, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, they could get to the rim with a little bit more regularity. You sprinkle, sprinkle in a little fact that F- Scott Foster is uh, refereeing this game, and early on, you know, it felt like uh, this is going to be a, a tough game. Now, granted, at the end, when everything's said and done, you look at the total number of fouls. The Pelicans actually had two more fouls than the Suns did, and the Suns mm-hmm. uh, and the Pelicans also shot two more free throws than the Suns did. So the refereeing wasn't necessarily a, a dissuading factor in this one, but from the start, it looked like the Willie Green strategy of just trying to get Aiden out of the paint, just enough, a step or two away from defenders would help with the the shot deterrence and it did Brandon Ingram in that first quarter uh, came out locked in four of seven from the field had 11 points and CJ McCollum was two for five uh, with seven points. Both of those field goals come from beyond the arc. Uh, Did you see that Deandre Ayton was, you know, kind of pulled away from the paint and what else did you see from the big fella tonight? Yeah, no, he just wasn't there. Um, And I'm not blaming him at all. I think, Aiden had a decent game. Um, The only thing I ask of him, which is not even fair, 
this is not what I'm about to say is not even fair. It's hey, when big you go when you're trying to rebound the ball, go towards Big V and yes. box them out. Go towards them because a lot of times Aiton was just standing there waiting for Big V. But when you're waiting and you're hesitant, you're kind of like you know a little bit frail. He's just going to be pushed over, and mm-hmm. I I don't want to go up against Big V. I don't think Aiton really has a chance there yet because Aiton is still developing. Right, Aiton's going to be a bigger dude probably in the future. Um, I'm just he doesn't have that yet, so it's easier for me to say that. But also, I just think there wasn't offensively, there wasn't a flow anywhere. There wasn't, no. I haven't seen a Suns offense play like this in forever, where there's just no flow. A lot of it's just ISO. A lot of it's just hoping like someone can get something going uh, from beyond the arc, take them to the rim, do this and that. Even when Aiden got the ball in certain situations, he was there. He was kind of open, pass up the jump shots, pass yes. out of it. And it's just, it just looked ugly all over the place. So I'm not going to say Aiden offensively. Where you at? He hit those two floaters, which is just awesome. A lot of mm-hmm. big men don't have that in the league. Um, but it wasn't just him. Just there were, everything that they were trying to do offensively, the Pelicans were clogging the lanes. They were getting back quick. And there was just nowhere to pass. There were so many fast breaks the Suns had where they would pull the ball back because yeah. Pelicans got back and they clogged those lanes. Payne was, Pelicans. Payne, yeah, Payne suffered a few of those where he had to pull it back because there's nothing there. So there's nothing really Aiden can do in those situations. It's just one of those off games. So I'm not really too upset with the way he played tonight because he can't be bigger than Big V, I don't think. And the ball, a lot of the times, and offensive rebound wasn't really a big issue tonight, but it was just going towards the Pelicans too. Some of them were just going straight towards Big V where he was on that side of the of the rim and then Aiden's on the other side. So that's the way it kind of looked. Uh, offensively though, I think Aiden needs to be more involved. They need to draw something up, especially if Booker is out. We're going to see how much more involved he can be along with Bridges and uh, Cameron Johnson. No, without a doubt. And, you know, kind of my, my observations on, on Aiton were tentativeness on offense. You're right. There was no flow in this game. There really wasn't. I mean, there was a possession where Aiton had Avocado on him in the paint. And Avocado just boxed him out and pushed him out of the paint. He just kind of, yeah. he's like, okay. He's like, up, up, you push me a little bit. I guess I'll just kind of continue being pushed out of the paint. And it's like, it's stuff like that where it's like he needs to just take his leg and put it over that little motherfucker and say, I'm yeah. open right in the paint and dunk that in. So yeah, he, I mean, what, what was his final uh, box score for Deandre? Ayton? Um, it was four of nine six. rebounds, 10 and four nine. Yeah. of six, four of six. Mm-hmm. That's the issue there. And I get it. Jonas Valanciunas is going to create some, some challenges down low, but guess what? Put that motherfucker in foul trouble. Huh? How about we yeah. attack that dude? How about we get him in foul trouble? Okay, that's your adjustment for game three. Put JV, the big V, put him on the bench with foul trouble. Get DA down there. Get him aggressive. He can do it. He can do it. Stop settling for the jump shots. Get down there. Put your body on him. Uh, Yeah, is he bigger than you? Yes. Is he more physical than you? Yes. Get him in fucking foul trouble, period. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see from DA in this next game, period. Exclamation point, comma. Yeah, it Seven it points. makes sense. That's what we want, but I'm just being realistic. I know. Like I see in the comments, like Aiden can dominate him. He can for sure. How now? Absolutely. Now he's going to have to. He's going to have to. But we yes. say that all the time with him. But now, like, okay, so here, you're going to have to here, do something different. Here are some but of I don't the know if it's going to be there. All right, Chris Paul on Devin Booker. It is what it is. It's part of the game. We got guys that are more incapable of stepping up. Book was killing. He was having a big time game, but it is what it is. Doesn't sound like a very confident Chris Paul referencing his teammate. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Monty Williams, um, next man up mentality. You know, I mean, it's just no one's coming into this post game and saying, "Hey, Devin Booker, it's going to be all right." You know, it's just they're, they're all like, "Well, you know, it's just part of the game. People get injured." So mm-hmm. when that happens, when you lose somebody like Devin Booker, other guys got to reach down and grab their cojones and say, "I'm a man, dude." And guess what? Jay Crowder, he's going to have a game. Did he have a bad game tonight? Yes. He's going to have a game where he's going to come out and he's going to hit like, he'll go four or six from three. Okay. I, I guarantee you that because that's just what Jay Crowder does. DeAndre Ayton is going to have to be more physical on the interior. Okay. We're going to have to see some Bismack Biombo. That's a fact. Yeah. I wanted to point that out too. <laughs> we got to bring have on busy. The Mac. Yes. Yeah. Bring on busy, please. You know, so uh, again, I think that, you know, looking at DA. It's it it's frustrating because there's times where I feel like Jonas Valanciunas is allowed to play physical, and when DA plays physical on him, 
he flops and mm-hmm. then Aiton gets whistled. And I'm referencing a play where there was a rebound underneath. We finally get a fucking rebound. And you look at the play and like he boxed him out and Jonas Valanciunas fell over on the box out and they called a foul. It's like DA didn't push him out of the way or anything. It was just, oh, I didn't. The, the rebound's literally like on the other side of the basket. He goes, he's like, well, I can't get that. So I'm just going to fall over and make it look like, uh, um, yeah, just make it look like I can't. Or, you can't or, get there? A- a- Aiden fouled me. Yeah, Aiden negated my progress towards that rebound. Yeah. So it's a foul. So that's one of my frustrations in this in this game. Uh, and so far in the series is because Valanciunas is just so big, I think that he gets some of the benefit of the whistles when he doesn't get the rebound. They're like, oh, shit, he should have got that offensive rebound or that defensive rebound. Let's uh, let's go ahead and just give him the call because he flopped a little bit. Yeah, and honestly, just really quick, and I always say honestly, but I don't know if I'm honestly. very honest about any of this. Honestly. honestly. We, need, we need to cut all the clips. At least I used to say, what I used to say to, uh, to also, <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, so DA, okay, everyone's saying aggressive, aggressive DA. Have we ever had an aggressive DA? No, never. So we're we're hoping for something that's not going to be there. I think DA can be more involved in the offense. They can set him up for no, for more stuff to get him in a groove, and then maybe he can be more aggressive down the line at the end of next game to where he's been feeling the ball a lot more. Four for six today, or what was it? Four for six? Six mm-hmm. six shot attempts. That's ridiculous. Like that's he needs ridiculous. to be in at least fifteen. Um, but this is this is why like the regular season, and I never wanted to point this out. This is why the regular season is so important for a guy like DA where there's nights like he would take off. He had a good regular season. He did. But there are things like I wish he would have improved on just aggressiveness all year long. Like every time we talk about defensive player of the year and I hear JJJ, Mm -hmm. I always think about Aiden. I always think I'm like, if Aiden wanted that, he could have that because he can play that way every night. He can be the best defensive center out there. He already is in the playoffs. But when you're playing it consistently all consistently all year, leading up to a game like this, and you have that, we don't have to wish for something that's not there because we saw during the regular season. Because what we saw this season is a good season by him, but it wasn't anything that's like, oh, I can't wait to see that DA. Because we know DA is going to be that DA for the playoff DA. Yeah. But when it comes to where Booker's out, he needs, he needs to go up another notch. We'll just see what he can bring. That's why it's just so, it's so up in the air with this guy right now. Well, and you think about last year when Chris Paul was out. You know, Chris Paul was playing limp, and then Chris Paul was out for a couple games against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, the first two games. So, you know, remember, Suns fans, like, again, we can't have nice things. We we felt what we're feeling right now Not at all. relative to Devin Booker potentially being injured. We don't, you know, for an extended period of time, we don't know yet. But we know what that feels like because it literally just happened last year. But in those games, Devin, or DeAndre Ayton stepped up. You know, he was a, uh, a driving force in those victories on the boards, uh, on the scoreboard. And just in the way that he played defense and offense in those games, he was completely and utterly engaged. Mm-hmm. He has to tap back into that right now. He has to tap back into that right now. And he's got to play a little bit more physical, and he's got to be allowed to play physical. Again, that's a, one of my frustrations. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., that guy, so they you know, they, they played a lot of small ball five with Larry Nance Jr. tonight. And yeah, he was a yeah. he was a plus eight. He's had 13 points. He was six of nine shooting. Uh, he had six rebounds. Um, he moves on every screen. Like every screen. He either moves while he's doing the screen or he does that thing where he leans his ass into the person. So it's like instead of like the letter A being somebody who's screening, he's more like an italicized A because he's leaning off to the side. into. So as he's doing the screen, he leans into the guy and he knocks him off. And he got called for one. He got called for... Uh, uh, he actually got called for two of them, but he did one to uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges where he just like just straight bumps them. And it's like they need to cue into that, man, because he does it on every fucking play. Did you notice that or am I high? No, I didn't notice that. I did notice the annoyance of Larry Nance like the others where I just didn't want him to have the ball because he might make something happen uh, offensively. But I didn't notice the screens. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry. I, I just think a lot of teams, a lot of players get away with screens and whether or not the refs see it. Then they call it um, just like tonight. There's a lot of times where I'm, the one play where Monty didn't challenge where DA, they said that the ball went out on DA. Yeah. It was a, that one where Val Junis just went down the floor and he just like lost the ball and yeah. it said DA knocked it out, but it wasn't like that. Well, was then they the hit Suns a three on down that by possession. one. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring that up because I was like, that might be a big challenge to come back and bite the Suns in the ass. I'm not saying that's why they lost, but it's like that should have been Suns ball right there. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. So. The Larry Nance, does he not remind you of Cameron Johnson just a little bit? I know he doesn't have the three-point shooting, but just his body type and how annoying he uh, is. He had the three-point shooting tonight, man. Yeah, I mean, he, did. He, he did. He did. He was one for one. three. Yeah, One for three. But 
I just I feel like he just yeah, reminds he's got me some, of he's Cam. He's got some Cam Johnson to him. I, I I see that he's got some size. You know, he's he's bigger than Cam Johnson. You know, he's he's got dunkability. He's got some explosiveness. Uh, he's good at defense. But again, I just I don't like that he moves on screens. Cam Johnson doesn't do that. That Cam Johnson don't play that shit. Yeah, that some Cam Johnson shit. Lights, Cameron, action. No, and speaking of Cam, I feel like he had a much better night tonight. Uh, he's had a good series so far, but four of ten from the field, maybe he didn't have that good of a night. <laughs> Eleven points, one for six from deep. Holy shit! What am I thinking? Well, I think it's because in the first half he wasn't chucking up all those threes. He was going to the rim. You know, and yeah. I'd like to see that more from him. Like, be again, be physical. The way to stop these guys, like every. It's exactly what they did, right? This is this is this is what the the Pelicans' game plan was coming out of the third quarter. Do what was working in the first. Attack the fucking rim, and either you're going to get the ball in, or you're going to get fouled, or because they're so good at offensive rebounding, they're going to grab the rebound, right? And the Suns are just yeah. shooting jumpers the whole damn time, you know. And Cam Johnson was early in the game; he was doing that. He was attacking the rim, uh, didn't get to the free throw line, but was attacking the rim and and putting. I think he drew a foul on somebody, uh, and then. You know, in the second half, again, he just kind of fall, fell for everybody else. They're like, fuck, we don't have Devin Booker. What do we do? Everyone shoot a three. It's like, who was yeah. this team tonight, yeah. man? That's what it, it was just totally off. And it just, I don't know if we want to blame it on a hustle or what, but um, okay, Johnson was okay. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. But it's funny with him getting to the rim. Like, he's just like a fastball going down the lane. He needs to work on like kind of like a knuckleball or something, something different where he can change up his his speed, do a little twist and turns in there and like some fake outs because he's going straight towards the basket. And that's the one thing. It's like if you want to rely on him offensively, he has to be um, paired with a guy like Mikhail, but they play very good off of each other. Um, But he needs like a guy to pass it to or to deliver him the ball in certain situations. So he can't really create. Um, Of course, he's going to shoot the threes. And honestly, I thought all of them were going to go in towards the end of the game. Um, but we know he had the injury before the end of the season and he, he had a few good games after when he came back, but he's not the constant cam Johnson that we had before. Uh, we're still waiting on that and uh, it'll be there. Um, I don't I know. I'm just so, kind of like, I don't I'm want twirling to my thumbs out. right now. I'm just like, I'm like, he'll be there. Right. I keep thinking about next game and everyone's talking about Monty and how he got out coached and stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm worried, but oh, yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, we got we got hate on zero. To be honest, I think I'd rather have Willie Green as our head coach oh, over Monty. Geez. Like, come on, guys, come on. No. We lose one game in the playoffs. The Monty team was is soft. too soft when he talks. Look at the way Willie Green imposes Will when they played the Clippers. Like, come on, Hayda, you've been with us this it's whole a young season, team, dude. young coach. They got nothing to lose, dude. Yeah, they got so. nothing to lose. You got a fiery guy who learned from Monty. Like, you want? Mo- come on, man. Monty just went back to back coach of the years voted by his fellow coaches. To be honest, I think I like Willie Green because he had a good yeah, speech. He won, he on won one game, man. Come his on. team, okay, the Falcons could not. They went 100 for 100 in the fourth quarter. Dude. They could not miss a shot, all right? That's not coaching. That's just two yeah. guys that know how to close games. And we talked about it before. They know how to close games now because they have those two guys. Mm-hmm. So that's and, why it's scary to be in these close situations at the end of games now. With and, and, and go back and watch the fourth quarter shots. Those were some contested shots. Brandon Ingram, four of six. Yes. CJ McCollum, three of five. So they combined seven from 11. And I guarantee you everyone, almost everyone, was contested. Almost everyone. They just hit them. Okay? We do it to other teams all the time. We do it all the time. Again, the loss isn't what I'm frustrated with tonight. I really am not. I I, I said I said Suns in five to begin the series. Yeah, the fact that we right. lost Devin Booker that we need to be focusing on. That's, that's the, ah, fuck. Okay? Because, again... Devin Booker's playing tonight in that second half, in that fourth quarter. We probably don't lose this game. We yeah. probably don't lose this game, period. So you can't sit there and be like, well, Willie Green, he just, he's so much better than Monty Williams. No, man. Booker went out. The team was discombobulated. They couldn't execute anything because, obviously, their main player is out. You know, they contested the shots. They hit him. It was a rough night. We move on. Um, and Jam, listen, I've seen you in here for like an hour now, just dog and Crowder. You're hysterical, man. I get it. We get it. You don't like fucking Crowder. Come up with some other statement, dude. Crowder's gonna win us a game this series for sure. Oh man, he's just like he won us last game. Defensively, Crowder sucks. Crowder this, Crowder that. It's like, come on, Suns fans. Like, it's a shitty night. I get it, but like, yeah, we don't need to go walk into traffic. If we want to go walk into traffic, then we need to think about some other things. You know, like. The 
Hi, Matthew. I got to know your thoughts. Did a, Sa- a Suns Jam session short yesterday oh, yeah. once the news was released that Marcus Smart would win the Defensive Player of the Year over Mikael Bridges. That pisses me off. Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, you know, Marcus Smart's really great defensively. He is, and he was talked about all last half of the season. And you brought it up, too. It was a half-a-season effort. He was in the locker room before All-Star break talking about no one's passing, the disconnect in that locker room, not being a leader, um, does anybody remember that when the Celtics sucked defensively, they're like one of the worst teams and yeah, then for the they first get two months of the season, they get Daniel Tice back. Maybe he's the defensive player of the year. Marcus Smart's great. He is, he's a great defender, but I just think what McHale did all year long, he definitely earned it this year. Um, of course there's times he's going to get beat Crowder. There's times that everyone gets beat. You can't stop everybody. But the way that McHale played this year, it's it was the one for sure thing that I thought the Suns would get, including Coach of the Year, which yeah, might not happen too. either. I just thought McHale earned it, and I just cannot believe even like the Ringer podcast. They're all voting for everybody but McHale. No one's even talking and they about all, But But what's funny is like all season long, they talked about how great McHale was on defense. Everybody talked about how everybody. Great, everybody. They're like, McHale Bridges is great. And again, I think that everyone else thought that – you know, oh, everyone else is going to vote for McHale. Mm-hmm. So I'll vote for like, you know, my guy because, you know, like, like KOC is like, well, you look at the metrics and he's just. He voted for Gobert. Gobert, that's right? What, or yeah, yeah. What did, who did I just say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you didn't say anybody, but okay, he voted yeah. for Gobert. He voted for Gobert because, because simply uh, the, the defensive metrics are off the chart or whatever, you know, the advanced mm-hmm. metrics. So KOC is like, well, clearly the defensive metrics are fantastic, you know, and then. I think I think it was Rosillo. It was, was Rosillo. He kills him who, all the time. Well, he he was saying, you know, like if Gobert's so good, why is he the guy that everybody attacks in the playoffs? If he's the That's defensive player Mike of the year, there. yeah, Mike drop there. So everybody got really cute with this. And don't get me wrong, like you're right, Marcus Smart is a fantastic defensive player. But what's funny is until Robert Williams went out, Time Lord, for the Boston Celtics, everybody was behind him. No one even talked about Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, like a month and a half ago, was like plus twenty two hundred on on uh, Fanduel, and That's you know now I'm he saying. wins. Now he wins the Defensive Player of the Year. So fucking it's it, ridiculous, dude. Well, it is. It is. And then it's like uh, Doris Brooks, like, well, I voted for the the best defensive player on the best defensive team. It's like, oh well, so you're gonna vote for the when it comes to MVP, you're gonna vote for the best player on the best team. Oh no, that 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 doesn't apply there. So I'm literally putting together an article for Brightside because I'm waiting for. The for uh, coach of the year, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for coach of the year to pass us by. You know that'll go to uh, Taylor Jenkins, or it'll go to uh, they'll, they'll they'll give it to anybody but Monty. And once that happens, like I'm I'm going through and I'm taking a look at the the there's ten teams in the history of the NBA who finished eight games better than the entire league, and I'm going through and I'm taking a look at like what awards did those players win. Now I know, you, like going back to like the 1957 Celtics or whatever, they only had one award back or two awards back then. They had Rookie of the Year and MVP. So there was no Defensive Player of the Year, no Coach of the Year. So there's one year I think out of the ten teams, I think there's one team where like Wilt Chamberlain won MVP when the 76ers won the championship or were ended the season that that far ahead of the rest of the league. But it'll be really interesting once you start to see all the awards in place, which start in like the 80s. That's where you have the Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, all that stuff. It'll be really interesting to see that the teams since then, which include like the 84 Celtics, 92, 96 Bulls, the 2000 Lakers, what awards they got and then what the Phoenix Suns are going to end with. You know, now, granted, mm-hmm. if the Suns go through and, and 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 we all know, like the only thing that matters is a chip. But if the Suns get eliminated in the first fucking round by the Pelicans, it'll all be valid. <laughs> no, I, I know. And that's that's probably going through everybody's mind. Now it's, oh, their faith. The Warriors look good. Here's the Suns. You know what? It, it was a bad game. But really quick. The media thing where they're voting on this, um, why can't we just have, just give it to the players and the coaches, let them decide. They they game plan, they play against these guys. They should just vote. They should vote because they know these players more than anybody. Then no one yeah. can argue anything. And I don't understand why that's not a thing. I mean, who cares? Let them vote. Uh, have it have it on TNT or something fun, like the All-Star game or something. But the, they have to, the media is probably one of the most annoying jobs right like no one likes them ever the players don't like them 
but usually they don't, right? They give them such no. a hard time. They're the very few that they like. It's because they don't watch the game like a lot of us do. And honestly, all I do is watch the Suns. That's why when we talked about the Memphis Grizzlies going against the Suns, I'm like, Stephen Adams, can't you just play him out of the game? And yeah. it's like, everyone's like, oh, like you don't watch the Grizzlies. Like, no, I don't. That's why it's a question. I'm like, can they just play him out of the game? Because I don't know. These guys can't watch all these players. Like Ryan Rosillo, no. Ryan Rosillo watches the games every night of yeah. his life. But these guys, a lot of them don't. No, like exactly. But I don't like if the players voted on it, I think it, you'd have to make it a, like it, it should be players and media. It really should, you know, because yeah. you, you'll have like the Isaiah Thomas thing play out, right? Like he would never win an all NBA if Jordan and Bird and and Magic were voting on it. So you have to have some sort of balance. There. Just don't let the fucking fans vote, period. Yeah. Because I mean, like, you said the clearly, media gets too cute, though. They do. Well, they do. They get way and they, too they, cute. They, they did with the defensive player year, in my opinion. They did. Yeah. They gave up so many, uh, or he scored so many, or had so many more minutes than like five, almost six hundred more minutes than Marcus Smart, like period. So, uh, hey dot zero in the chat gives five dollars in super chat. We appreciate that. I said, hey Voida, pull up a pick of Taylor Jenkins. You two really look alike, uh, and I'm just mad that Monty decided to pull Landry or to put Landry late in the game. So I got two things there. One, I know I look like Taylor Jenkins. Uh, whenever I'm on with Fanny the Flames, they always give me shit about it. Up. Yeah, he's the head coach for the Grizzlies. Uh, oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he, nice. and, I, and trust me, hey, Dot, like, I get your frustration with tonight, but I can't blame Monty. He's like, he decided to put Landry late in the game. He he had to, right? He had no, to. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go. There's like, no Devin Booker. There's and no the Devin way Booker. Payne, the way Payne has been playing, disgusting. Like, he had a yeah. few good lay ins, but it's bad, dude. If he can't get anything going with McGee in that second unit, like, we're in trouble these whole playoffs. Well, and you and you look at Cameron Payne tonight, and he doesn't get the drop tonight, you know. And, and somebody said it earlier, I think Fabio said it. it's, it's like, uh, what's that? You holding it now, like the Shamit one? Yeah, I'm holding it, you know. Yeah, well, you it, it's it's like Fabio said, it's like it's the void of curse. You make a drop for a player, and he sucks for the next few games, yeah. Uh, so Cameron Payne. Three of six from the field had six points, but he had three turnovers, and they just were bad turnovers. Yeah, two assists, Awful. three turnovers. Awful turnovers. Like that jump in the air, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing shit. It was like Bill Simmons talked about, I don't trust that guy in playoffs. I mean, last year he played good, but then he said that. I'm like, how does he know? He doesn't watch Cameron Payne, and then, and then we boom. go. It's, like, it's been pretty bad so far for him. It's like, God damn it. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, so there I was, <laughs> hanging out on the Pelican subreddit. They had, they had a good night. Obviously, they they won. Uh, but a couple things they noted at the beginning of the day, they, or beginning of the game, they said Hayes, Herb, and Jonas Valanciunas is basically three non-shooters out there. Bi and CJ got no space to work with. Now think about that. That's their starting five. So if they don't go crazy from beyond the arc like they did tonight. If they don't have both of those guys going ape shit, that's who we're going up against. We're going against three non-shooters and two shooters. The three non-shooters are defensive players and guys who uh, crash the paint. So we have to beat them in those moments, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And it didn't happen. God damn it. Uh, man, they weren't kidding about <laughs> Scott Foster, somebody said. Ingram getting foul calls, there might be something to this Scott Foster CP3 thing. So even yeah. the Pelicans fans notice it's like, hey, those that, that whistle's coming out kind of soon. You know, so uh Booker so supernova was noted. And then of course that supernova faded to a white dwarf. Uh this is a mean one. Vale McGee looks like a caveman that was buffering into a human but got stuck on 92% and stayed that way. Jeez, man. That's, that's well, he played like a caveman sometimes. Him and Chris Paul look kind of old tonight. At some yeah. points, they they were getting their shit rocked. But well, yeah, that's a good point, no, man. They really that's were. I mean, Chris Paul team. slowed it down. I was excited for the Suns to win. Be like, it was a tortoise in the hair, right? Chris Paul was a tortoise, and you know the Pelicans were the hair, and Chris Paul slowed down the slowed down the game and won it for us. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. No, <laughs> they got run out of the one. fucking arena. Um, Suns fans have officially taken my number one spot in the most hated fan bases. They're fucking they're insufferable in here trolling. Like, bruh, we finished 10 games under 500. No need to be in here trashing our team. And then somebody responded and said, you're only saying that because we aren't playing because we're playing them. 
they're not close to Lakers or Knicks fans. Yeah, and all fans suck. Whenever you're losing, you're playing yes. another team, all the other fans always suck. So we're going to be annoying. And that's the way the NBA is now. Players and fans are annoying as shit. So that's the way it's going to be. Yep. Uh, Jonas going to finish the series with 150-plus rebounds, somebody noted. That's going to be correct. And then finally, Jack's playing as tight end. That's Jackson Hayes because he was he was playing tight end all night today, man. Again, that was that was frustrating as shit. Yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Hey, who you was that guy? Book, huh? God damn, we had to show book. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What should we do next? Let's just let's hand out some hardware. Where's the drop? There. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, and let us know in the chat who your Jam star of the game is. This should be a very interesting one. Uh, Matthew. Who are you going to give the jam star? Oh the game my God. To? I don't even, I'm going to give it to Booker, dude. I mean, we, this game wouldn't be close without him. He was, man, I don't know. If the Suns didn't have Booker tonight, this game would probably be a 20 point loss, honestly. Right? Lo- Crowder. <laughs> no one. We lost <laughs> Alfred Payton, Brandon Ingram, Jam Star Booker, McGee, He's Booker. Sported. <laughs> looks good <laughs> hamstring uh the baby oh, the baby the baby there you go the baby the baby <laughs> the oh Roman man child. uh stop resting players hamstrings are are the rest injury i don't know that we really rest Does a bunch Suns of players this year i, I don't know i think two games yeah i'm sure he had a lot of sex that night so he's fine that's what it is um the baby the baby yeah, I just, uh, you know, this, what is Chris Paul now? Like 0-13 in the last 13 games he's played against, or 0-14 now? 0-14, yeah. The yeah. last 14 games that Scott Foster played. Shamus Isn't that Scott. crazy? That's unbelievable, dude. It's and like, you, and he doesn't stand out. Scott Foster does not stand out as being an annoying ref tonight, but he still gets it done. Yeah. He's a professional, so, man. Well, and like, so says Jay posted something on Twitter where Tim Donaghy, and for those of you who don't know who Tim Donaghy is, he is he went to jail for essentially being a referee who fixed games. And there's proof of him contacting Scott Foster repeatedly before and after games. And yet Scott Foster, like no one touches the guy, you know, and and here's the other side, you know, coach Evan B from the uh, he's on fire podcast posted something as well. Somebody had commented on Twitter today. When you hear that Scott Foster is refereeing a game for the Phoenix Suns and the line moves, that's something that like should count to the NBA. Like they should notice shit like that, right? You know, again, the referees I don't feel like had a huge uh impact on this game. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But like you no. said, somehow, some way he got it done. He gets it done. Um, I think there just has to be if the Suns do make it further in the playoffs, which they will, um, just Please, there's no. What does the NBA have to lose just to not have him ref a Suns game? Yeah, just, just stop, just yeah. stop. I don't want even want to deal with like I didn't want to deal with the Clippers or Lakers in the first round. I want to deal with this guy either. Just stop doing it. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's not gonna hurt any, his feelings. It he doesn't, doesn't care. make any sense. He has nice hair. Doesn't <laughs> <I> care. <laughs> All right, so game three adjustments. We look towards game three that will happen on Friday. Uh, don't be surprised if you get a jam session short between now and then when we have more information on Devin Booker, but we will join you Friday evening as the Suns head to new Orleans to play the Pelicans. Matthew, what game three adjustments are you looking at? Um, we did talk about DA being aggressive, but I just want to see him more involved in the offense early, like get him going. I know that he had the the few little bunny hooks early in the game, which was nice, but him and then Mikel keep cutting to the basket more camera Johnson. Just get those guys moving a lot. Just keep moving. Uh, I like slowing down the offense, but I think the way that Pelicans are playing now, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to just pick up the pace a little bit. And Cameron Payne's got to step up. He has to step up to lead this team to win next game. I, I put down yes. my notes too. Like He had to win this game for the Suns tonight. He had to be the guy that stood out and be the jam star. 
and you just you didn't live up to that. It's mm-hmm. not a hard award to win. You just got to be the guy to be yeah. the game star, dude. You sack up, okay? You know, obviously, rebounding is going to continue to be an area of focus. And, you know, one of the things that we asked on Twitter during the game is how do we stop the Pelicans from killing us on the glass? And, you know, you, the Jamsters, replied, and I'm gonna, I wanted to read some of those p- replies. We have at After Tiger 25 said he saw a play where Devin Booker was blocked out by Jackson Hayes or someone who had been running in for an offensive board and prevented from getting to one. More of that. They're starting down the court too early, both on offense and defense. Shot goes up and they assume it's in. And that's a good point. Just simply box out on the perimeter. You know, if you're at the top of the elbow, box out. You know, because yeah, I think yeah. that's what's happening is those perimeter players are crashing the glass from the outside, and they're they're getting those offensive boards from that or, uh, or from there. Yeah, uh, Aiden, um, go ahead. Just really quick. So I sent out a tweet, and it said "lost for words" with the crying emoji. Yeah, I sent that out after um, Booker went off crazy in the first half yeah i know and then everyone liked it after booker got hurt oh, so they thought it was man. i think a tweet about that but anyways yeah go ahead <laughs> well done well done Thanks. uh at kawani tan said eight and j one through three or eight and j box one through for three one and three to look to run the break they can't beat eight and on the boards if our focus was really rebounding it's clearly not a priority uh, at mi logan 87 said the oldest sander in the in the book and no one does it anymore box out Suns Geek said, I hate to pick on Aiden, but it all starts with him. Set the tone on the boards. Uh, at StuU22 said, Biz over Craig. Craig is not the rebounder that he was last year. Uh, at AD Christian 14 says, Make sure you get eight, get Aiden gets help with boxing out. Um, at Suns Charger fan said, The crowd cheer like hell for everybody, for or cheer. Yeah, cheer as hell for every rebound we get. Uh, Ad paid Mark. We'll grab the ball before, or we grab the ball before them. That's how you. That's how you beat them on the boards. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ad Ernesto is here. Commit to box out. I noticed that the Pelicans miss more shots, therefore chances to get rebounds. The Suns either make it, or it goes uh, to the Pelicans. Rent Eunice is willing to ask amount of rebound. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, cherry pick Aiton. Don't let them get it before us. You know, I mean, that that's the big thing. I, I Looking at game three, one, our transition defense has got to be better. Okay, one of the ways to do that is when the rebounding does occur, make it tough for them. You know, what's mm-hmm. happening is they're getting these clean rebounds and, and they can instantly see down the court and they're chucking it down the court. So, you know, that's running is going to it's, it's going to be tough on CP3, right? You know? Yeah, I know. That's what sucks. It's like you want them to run, but he's done in the past where he lets these other guys bring the ball up and continue the offense until he gets down there. I'm not saying he's that slow, but the, he trusts these guys. And a few times when Avocado was on him, he would give the ball up. I gave it, I think he gave it up to Cameron Johnson yep. a couple times, like, hey, to bring it up. And because he didn't want to deal with it. And he just looked really tired tonight. Chris Paul looked absolutely exhausted. I thought he was going to turn it on later, but it never happened. Um, but that's one thing I want him to do is just give these guys some time to run. That's why Cameron Payne has to be so effective in these games, man, because he's our fast guard. He's a guy that can really bring the ball up mm-hmm. and get that tempo up, but he just needs to make the right decisions. He's being a real knucklehead right now. Yeah. Well, and also on the defensive end, like he can be the guy who is, uh, uh, he can pressure, you know, he can pressure them on the defensive end and take them out of their game a little bit, you know, do a little bit to them, what they're doing to us. Uh, and again, DA, attack everyone should attack Jonas Valanciunas as much as they can get that dude out of the game get him get yes. get two fouls on him in the first quarter just do it you know because that's yeah, a big part go. of their game plan so one of the reasons the Phoenix Suns lost tonight is the fact that they didn't have an answer once Devin Booker went out take Jonas out Valanciunas out for foul trouble reasons you know it's 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 basketball That'd so again nice. I'm not on, on a scale of one to ten how worried are you in this series which is a tough question to ask. I would only say two because I know Book's probably not going to be back. Um, The look on his face. Yeah. Um, So I would say two because of that. I would say one otherwise. If Book was playing, though, and they did lose, which I don't think would have happened, um, I would have said probably two-two. But I don't know. I'll just go two, man. Because I just – it's it's. It's We're okay. damn it's good basketball. It's a series, team. dude. They're yeah, too good to go out and lose to the Pelicans. There's no way they're going to lose this. And if it goes to six, it goes to then six. They, they just have to six. get it done. I agree. And trust me, there's going to be a lot of emotion in that building on Friday night. And they've got to weather that storm for the first, yes. you know, for, for the first half of basketball. And if they can keep themselves in that game, which they will, 
you know, when, once we get down to the fourth quarter, we're going to have more defined roles and executed game plans, you know, because again, tonight you, you just couldn't do that because you didn't have your second guy and you just weren't ready for it. Has this team played without Booker? Yeah, but it wasn't in their preparation for this game. And they're not just going to end again. I mean, the Pelicans didn't miss fucking anything. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm probably at like a two or three, you know, is where I'm okay. at when it comes to the worried factor. I still think that we win this series against this team. It's just, unfortunately, it's just going to take a little longer than we want it to now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a little bit of that worry, too, again, is pain. So, yeah, Payne's, Payne's got to earn pain. his drop back. He's got to earn his drop back. Yes. Uh, well, on that note, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us after this loss. Uh, good things lie ahead. Trust me on that. The Phoenix Suns are a damn good team, the best team in the NBA. And although they might be without the services of Devin Booker, they still have an unbelievably deep team, and those guys will come out and they will be prepared in New Orleans. So get ready. Get hyped for Game 3. We'll be coming to you live once that game is over, as per usual, live on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter feed. Uh, You can always listen to the podcast afterwards. Give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Subscribe, rate, and review, all that fun stuff. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. And we'll see you on Friday night. Keep your head up. Yep. Up to one. Go home and love your family.